0: This is episode 45 of the Gen X Photography Podcast, and in this episode, uh, Julie, Suzanne, and I interview Jessica Kosmack from Toronto, Canada. But uh, before we get into the episode, I do want to make an apology about the audio quality, and uh, that is particularly on my end. Um, I was in a my own location, and I didn't realize that there were crickets <laughs> chirping away, uh you know, very, very close to me. So this was not an issue of my co-hosts, uh, you know, not, uh, adding to the podcast or doing enough, you know, the whole crickets, 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 lots of silence. No, that wasn't the case. My co-hosts are wonderful. They help me out a lot. They do a great deal of work for the podcast. In fact, without them, uh, I think this podcast would suffer. So anyways, I just want to apologize about the crickets, but I think you'll find this, uh, Interview with Jessica to be uh, well worth the listen. So thank you again for listening, and now on with the show. Welcome, everyone, to episode 45 of the gen x photography podcast one more episode until you reach my age 46 so 45 of the gen x (laughs) photography podcast and uh what a a podcast this is going to be i have with me today of course is my co are my co-hosts suzanne peterson and julian piper hello suzanne
1: hello how are you
0: doing well doing well good good good. (laughs) hello julie hey hey how's it going (laughs)
2: it's going
0: good 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 and of course i'm your host mario piper now today we have a special guest from toronto canada and that is none other than jessica kosmak welcome to the podcast jessica
3: hi guys thanks so much for having me really excited to be here
0: absolutely Well, before we uh, get into the actual interview, uh, let's just go uh, chat with everybody and find out how how everybody's doing uh, photographically. So we'll start with you, Suzanne. How how have things been going for you?
1: Things have been very busy. I was actually thinking, I was driving home from a session this morning thinking, what did I do analog wise? (laughs) Um, But I have something. So I bought this little guy, which you guys can't see me holding up, but um, the Ektar H35, which is the half frame plastic fantastic. And I've never really even had a desire to have a half frame camera or even really too many more point and shoots, but there was something that intrigued me and i'm taking a trip to maine as you guys know um in the next month and i thought it'd be perfect as a point and shoot to have 72 frames <laughs> without swapping anything out so i i was giving it a go i actually just right before we got on here i developed sort of a a short i rolled like 10 10 full frames and developed it so we'll see how that came out but that that's my excitement
0: Nice. Now, w- when you develop that, and I, I mean, I know it's a 35 millimeter roll, so it would develop the same. But when you scan it, do you just have to, uh, like, scan each in- individual photo separately? Or is there a, a program that will do that?
1: I have no clue. We will oh. be finding that out together. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming if I say find frames, because I do through Silverfast, and you can select find frames. Okay. Um, so I'm assuming it will grab them if it doesn't I'll just hope that it grabs like a 35 millimeter frame and then I can just you know reduce the size and then copy it over cool I've done I've done
3: some half frame shooting and I use silver fast as well and it will it should capture each individual frame That's when great. I was when I was shooting mine though I shot it to try and do like diptychs like side by yeah. side yep so I ended up scanning like like selecting two at a time
1: yes Um, okay yeah okay awesome Uh, awesome good to know thank you
0: cool cool well Julie how's your week been going
2: it has been a week I like short answers sorry and then I talk (laughs) too much (laughs) um my favorite cameras are all at the repair shop right now so I of course filled that void by Mario buying me another camera and me buying another camera. (laughs) So now I probably will end up with more that need to go to the repair shop. But um I was playing with a uh my first time using a point and shoot a Nikon. One is AF, a Nikon AF where you just only push the button. Yeah you all know what I'm talking about I don't know what I'm talking about but and then um I got a Canon AE1 program with three different lenses came with it so I I, I, I'm just trying the lenses and trying the whole concept of not having to to pick shutter speeds and all of that it's very it's very interesting it feels like cheating (laughs) But it's it's kind of fun. So I've done a couple roles on that. And um, I took a webinar class on pinhole with Heather Palisic, I think is how you say her last name. And that was really cool. So I've been shooting with my pinholes, too, which has been fun.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, it can be very liberating to have a camera or to use a camera without you know where, where you can use automated features either aperture priority or shutter priority or full program mode it, it can be very liberating and i know um that's one of the reasons why i love my uh, oh what do you call it my olympus om2n because it has the possibility of you know you, you have the possibility of using using it in full manual mode but you can do in full auto mode and just you know the the leave it up to the the uh the light, light read, light, light meter, (laughs) and get some properly exposed, exposed images, so, (laughs) all right, well, Jessica, how has your week been going, or just recently, how have things been going for you?
1: (laughs) Yeah,
3: um, good, I, I mean, I love the summertime for shooting, because it's the, um, you know, we have the best light, and it's warm, so I feel like I have to cram in a lot of my photography in the in these months. Um but we also we took a family trip to I have two kids and, and my husband we took a family trip to Chicago two weeks ago. I've never been um so we were there for a whole week and we met up with other friends of ours who came from New Jersey. And uh so I shot not as much as I would not as much as I brought with me um film wise because I'm always overly packing but uh, I was I kind of just let it go with the family and just, you know, did what I could. It was also unbearably hot. Um, But one of the cool things I did there was see the Vivian Meyer um, exhibit at the Chicago History Museum. There's a Vivian Meyer color exhibit. So I was um, so excited to see that. Dragged my family there. So we all saw it. Um, But it was amazing. Not a huge exhibit, but just really cool to see some of her work in person. And so that was fun. And then I have a bunch of roles that I've started to develop from that week. And then this past weekend, I was also playing with a new to me camera, which is this super weird um, Lamography 360 spinner camera. Have you guys heard of this? No. <laughs> it, it, I don't know what rabbit hole I was down many months ago, but I bought it on eBay and They wouldn't ship to Canada or it was going to cost so much. So I had it shipped to my friend in New Jersey. And then she gave it to me this past week in Chicago. And it's, it kind of looks like a GoPro almost like it's really small and it's on a stick. And you, to take the picture, it takes 35 millimeter to take the picture. You pull a cord that is on the handle and then the whole camera spins 360 degrees and takes. So I think it takes, I don't know like the equivalent of four or six frames um on a 35 millimeter but it captures wow. like the entire 360 of oh your scene gosh. so stay tuned tbd i've started to use it this weekend i don't know it feels super weird um so that's total,
0: all
3: total <laughs> novelty but super fun
0: <laughs> cool that's almost yeah. like burst mode huh
3: Yeah, except you're turning in a circle, so it's I don't know. The photos look really like the sample photos, um, just look really kind of trippy. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. It's kind of like
2: a big panoramic. Is that? It's
3: like the. It's like a super panoramic. Exactly. Um, I don't even know how I'm gonna scan these. Like I haven't really thought that far. I hope it. I hope the full frame, of the 360 even fits on my scanner. Oh, I took a few where I pulled the cord out halfway to take hopefully like a 180, yeah, um, which you can do. Anyway, I'll let you guys know how it turns out. was <laughs> <sounds right>. <laughs>
0: yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah. Can't wait to see. <laughs> well, as, as far as me, uh, my photography goes, I, uh, there's not a lot new that's been going on. I haven't gotten a new camera or any new, uh, you know, funky film. Um, but recently, uh, Julie and I have been going into cemeteries. And, you know, we have a lot of old cemeteries here in Vermont that aren't in, you know, current use. In fact, we went to one just yesterday or the day before, I think it was the day before, where uh, this cemetery is up on a, on a dirt road, uh, you know, hidden by trees and uh the last person buried there was buried in like 1901 or 1910 something like that so really really old um some of the people born there or buried there were born in the late 1700s so fairly fairly old uh uh, um, cemetery but but it's for some reason it's kind of a there's a some sort of a catharsis to be able to go into to some place like that where you know there are people's lives that were you know, that they were born, lived, and then died long before we even came onto the scene and to just try to think about what their lives might have been like. And it's almost, uh, yeah, like I said, almost cathartic to to go there and to meditate about just the human condition and then to photograph it, photograph it on film. It's kind of a, I don't know, just kind of nice to do from time to time. So.
1: A lot. Interesting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, let's get into the interview with Jessica. And again, Jessica, thank you uh, for joining us today. And I'll start off. um, So my first question is, what is your story with photography, especially uh, film photography? I know you, you probably do both forms of photography, but what is it about film photography that drew you in and what's your story with it?
3: Yeah, so I'm a 70s baby and grew up in the eighties. So I grew up in film, like they are of film. So all of my family photos from when I was a kid are on film. My dad was really into videotaping, like like VHS taping, um, mm-hmm. our vacations and our lives. And um, you know, I love going through my my parents' old albums. My grandfather was a was a very prolific amateur photographer. Um, but when I look back now, like that's, he's probably the inspiration for where I am today. Um, and I have all of his old slides, which I have scanned all in and uh, cataloged, which is really cool to have those. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I documented my like, kid life. Growing up, I did have cameras, I remember growing up, but nothing, I wasn't into it for art sake, I was just into it for capturing family trips and my friends as I got older and stuff like that. And um, when I went to university, I joined, they had a, which was the late 90s. So there was a university photography club, which I joined I don't even remember that why I joined. I just, I guess, I wanted to see what it was all about, and I knew that they had darkroom access and that I could learn how to use and develop and print in the darkroom, which I had never done before. And around that same time, my grandfather gave me his old um, photo equipment. So he gave me his old Pentax Spotmatic and his lenses, and you know, just an old like cracking leather bag filled with other stuff and tripods and all that stuff so I had all that equipment and then I had the dark room and so then there was a period in university for you know a year or two where I I was interested in the film and the like the full picture of film like developing my stuff and I have some prints that I made at that time which I'm so grateful for because I don't have very many of them um so I did that and then and then, you know, digital started to creep in in the early 2000s. And um, I didn't have a nostalgia for um, the medium like I do now. So I just loved photography and was growing my photography. So I moved slowly to digital and um, did that for you know, until probably 2017, 2018, and but loved it then. Like, didn't think anything. Wasn't missing film. I would actually still take film cameras, like disposable cameras, on trips. I remember we went to Morocco, and I knew we would be in the desert, and I didn't want to wreck my digital camera when we were in all that sand. So I brought disposable film cameras. So I do have like in like spurts of film that kept showing up, but um yeah it was in 2017 2018 I hadn't touched my grandfather's camera since university I had it but I hadn't done anything with it and then decided to pick it back up and you know realize that there was this small film community still around and we have a really good film lab and film and photography store here in Toronto so got some film and it just was a kind of a rapid snowball <laughs> effect at
0: that
3: point on. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's fascinating, um, you know, talking to a number of different photographers or, what you know, whether virtually or, you know, through the podcast or whatever, a lot of people seem to have come back into to film more or less around the same time, you know, within yeah. a few years of each other. And it's, it's fascinating to me. So fascinating.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and I feel – I think one of the reasons I, I was getting really tired of the volume of just digital files that I had, and I felt like something was missing, and I wasn't – they were just – I don't know. I still have scanned files from my film work, but it I don't know. It was just feeling very intangible, and music was that way at the time, too, and, you know, since then – Since going back to film, we collect vinyl again, like we do all that. Like I just like having the tangible stuff and less of it. Like I do more (laughs) way more cameras now, but I have way fewer photos, but they're photos that I love. And so I think that makes a big difference. When I look back in my digital files from certain years, I just have thousands and thousands and thousands. And it's overwhelming to me to look back on those.
0: Yeah, I think maybe the the um, transfer from film to digital, I have this idea right now that maybe it started with Napster. <laughs> you know, Play. you guys remember that app <laughs> or well, not, it wasn't even an app. There weren't applications. So, it was just whatever it was called a bio or a program. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, getting things just for free and, you know, the profusion of stuff, uh, you know, in a digital way, it was alluring, very, very alluring but you lost that tangibility, like you said. So yeah. very interesting. Cool. Yeah. Well, Suzanne, would you like your uh, uh, to do your first question?
1: Sure, sure. Okay. I loved hearing your story. Do you, do you prefer Jessica or Jess? Or does it matter?
3: Um, it doesn't matter. I go by both. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah. Um, I always ask because, like, my name is longer, too, and it was like, do you want me to call Sue or Sue? No. <laughs> anyway, um, I love – your work is a, really a breath of fresh air to me like I got on your Instagram just you know trying to see a little bit more about what you do and I just I don't know I I really really love it um do you have do you have anything like when you when you go out to shoot do you have a a inspiration something in mind or do you just kind of let it happen Does it just kind of that's so cool I'm gonna take a picture or whatever or do you have uh, like inspiration in mind ahead of time
3: I rarely have inspiration in mind ahead of time. So I might have a technique I want to try, but it's usually less about the subject I'm going to photograph. It's more like if I want to do double exposures with an overlay, like as one of the layers. Okay. I'll have that in mind, but I won't know what I'm going to shoot until I see it. Um, So, you know, I like to bring my camera with me as often as possible sometimes I also like to leave it at home but if I know that there's going to be the possibility of something that I want to capture then I'll have it with me and I also like to just leave my cameras in the house accessible so that I can grab them quickly um but I don't know there's something about the idea of planning my shoots that really is not for me I just I just like to. I, I liked that this question a lot because I re, I realized for me that I like to capture things that were already going to happen anyway, mm-hmm. rather than capture things that I planned and made happen. Um, because so much of what I love about my old family photos is they were just capturing a moment, and so it recalls a memory for me. And so yeah. I think that's what I want to do with my photos too. Is just I want them to be memory recall for me or for my family or friends who see them later and setting up photos or planning shoots just doesn't feel like that that would do the same thing
1: yeah that's so interesting I'm I'm very similar yeah very similar and I've sort of learned that over this path of discovery over probably the last even year and a half of yeah. trying to do give myself assignments or whatever and I always failed miserably and then when I just kind of went out just like take everything out of this brain and just go out if you see something great if you don't great but yeah I'm I'm, I can relate to that yeah love it. and I love the moments that you're getting like I have your Instagram up on my other screen but just I don't know it's very fresh it's very like breath of fresh air is the best way I can describe it it's like ah I just it's really cool Really new work. Thank
3: you. That means a lot. I mean, I think I also in the last, my Instagram is a good feel for where I think I'm at right now, which is it's it's super not consistent. Like if you scroll through, it's so many different types of of films and looks and colors and black and white and portraits and not. What I love about it.
1: I love that about it. Like it's just like little pieces of, you know, those memories that you said it just was happening and you wanted to remember it. And that's that is what it's like a family photo album right there. And I think it's absolutely fantastic.
3: Yeah. Thank you. I mean, one of the things too is we inherited all my grandparents' photo albums from when and they used to travel a lot.
1: Oh, nice.
3: And yes, nice, but like looking through a lot of them, they're super boring. Oh, yeah. Just they're like they're just scenes of things that they're there's no captions I don't know where they were I don't know what it I don't it's so it's hard for me to feel anything from them yeah and, interesting um, about them yeah and so and like they're they're not in enough of them to me like that it was just um I don't know so for me that's what I look for is is sort of Capturing my life and the life around me in ways that will mean something to people years from
1: now. Down the road, yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: That's really good to to think about. I know, uh, just for me, you're, what you said has caused me to think about um, the purpose of my photography as well. Just you know, to include <laughs> those that I love more, and maybe to make captions. Like you said, you don't know where your grandparents were. were so maybe that's a good, good thing to, to think about for future generations. Thanks. That's cool. Yeah,
3: you're welcome. I mean, I think I like to capture, I like to, like your question, Suzanne, really made me think that I think that I create photos that there's enough clues in the photos that you could probably figure out generally where it might be or who the people are, like if you know them or you don't. And um, I found some roles of film and developed them and was able to piece together stories of people that I don't know because they captured their photos that way. Like there was enough in the scene that I knew I could figure out where it was. And by what they were wearing, I could figure out what the era was. And I really love that. Like I like to leave those kinds of clues, I think, in my
1: photos. Um, Yeah. Yeah that's very cool i had i just developed a found film rule it reminds me of that because yeah. not everything turned out because it was shot on kodachrome and so i developed it in black and white and some of i maybe my developing wasn't great or there was whatever went wrong but there was a couple that I'm like that literally could have been my childhood because the tv was in a shot all the kids there was like eight kids lined up in front of a tv and a christmas tree and I was just like, and then another one had a little girl with with a hood on, super tied tight under, and all you see is this. I'm like, my mom has a picture of me just like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I know what you mean about like being able to identify certain things to kind of create your own story, you know. But you're probably pretty accurate, <laughs> of you know, in some of them. But yeah, that's pretty. That's funny. Yeah, I
3: saw those pictures of yours. They were oh, super did you
1: cool. so crazy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Cool, cool. Well, Julie, what's your first question for uh, Jessica?
2: Well, I'm going to change it because of what you're all talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also recently inherited two projectors and the the screens and several carousels of slides that were my grandmother and my grandfather, and then nobody knows who the other ones, like, I guess she had somebody else's slides maybe one of her siblings but I, I looked through them with my daughter and she's like well where is that and I'm like no idea there, no people in my grandmother's slides it was mostly like weddings or family events so you can see I don't know everybody but you there's people and then these other ones it's just like big scenes I'm like so you went on a trip I don't know who you are I don't know what you were looking at. Like I now I have them in a stack and I'm like, what do you do with that? Because they have no, they have no purpose to anybody. Now there's no reference, but something that I thought was really different about your pictures, even from like the ones where I can see people in my grandparents slides is your pictures look like, like you're watching a movie to me and you hit the pause button. It's almost like I was looking at some, I think from a trip you went to Florida with your family. And I'm like watching the photo, waiting for something to happen. And I'm like, oh, it's a picture. Because the way that, especially you have some like from behind your family and you can see them standing and then there's action out in front. And um, that was very different. I don't know that I've ever seen photos like that before. And it was exciting i was like i don't know who any of you are but that looks like i'm there i had that feeling like like i was there Um, but so my question is you have to have high skill with the camera to be able to to capture something that's you know as it's unfolding so like anyone who sees my pictures there's none like that because i'm not fast enough with my cameras yet. So, like, from when you started taking pictures, like, how long did it take before you could do the settings, get the focus quickly enough that your kids were still there? Or, you know, what you were watching is still happening? That's
3: an interesting question. I think, um, you know, I I got my first good camera. It was a, a digital camera when my kids were little or just before they were born maybe like daughter was born. And so I think I practice a lot at home just you know at first they don't move at all and then they start to move slowly and then they start to move really quickly and but I think over the course of my photography you know journey or whatever you want to call it I I wanted to put more layers into my pictures and so I deliberately do like you know, put things between me and whoever I'm photographing or I will sit and wait for a shot to happen the way I want it to happen. But a a lot of the time they don't, it doesn't happen. And so there is no photo that's taken. Um, But for certain pictures, like in Florida, that trip to Florida, I think I was using one of my favorite cameras, which is the plastic Rebel 2000 or the rebel k2 i don't know i have a whole bunch of those bodies because they're the best and i have one lens i have the 50 millimeter 1.4 for that lens but it's autofocus, and so i can i can you know test it out see if it's going to work um and just play with it in that moment if you're talking about doing more like i don't know a manual focus figure out the lighting, figure out the exposure, everything, that does take me time. And I'm trying to spend more time with my cameras that are harder, um, especially like my Yashica mat, like those cameras where it's, you know, upside down, or not upside down, but like backwards when you're looking through it. And I'm trying to spend more time with those because, but more just to push myself. But I, I love, when I'm capturing my family, I also try not to beat myself up over using the, the camera that's going to get the shots I want. Um, and also taking a camera to the beach where there's lots of sand, I'd rather take a plastic camera body that I can easily find a replacement for if it stops working.
2: <laughs> that that makes me feel better that you're using an one that helps you. Yeah. Because, well, like I was saying at the beginning, I just started playing with cameras that did that that do that rather, like the Nikon one, it's, you know, you push it halfway down and it focuses for you. So my daughter and I've been playing with it and a lot of hers, like, you do have to look at the bottom in it to see if it's focusing up close or far away. So she tried to take pictures of flowers really up close and there, you can't even see them there because it focused behind them. So right. even with those, you do have to learn like, what they can and can't do, but I think I, I didn't start with the camera like that, because Mario doesn't use that kind of camera very often, so I'm always looking like he's walking around snapping pictures with fully manual cameras, and then I'm, like, over here, the dummy, like, no, I can't take your picture, you're moving, you know, (laughs) so I am, I am trying to learn, I'm trying to go more into cameras that help me because I would really like to put people or like my dog into my pictures to have more relevant memories
3: yeah I'm all about using the camera that's right for the moment and when we went to Chicago a couple of weeks ago I took the only um the only, well, I took my Yashika mat, which stayed in my bag the whole time. Didn't shoot it once. I was kind of bummed, but also realized after the first two days that it was not that kind of trip and that it was going to take me too long and I would get frustrated and my family would get frustrated with me. So I just left it in the hotel. We never, I never used it. And I used most of the time instant cameras or my, um, Fuji GA 645, which is a fully automatic medium format camera fully automatic can't you can't i mean i think there are settings you can adjust i never do i leave it on full auto and i've never taken a bad picture with that camera because it makes it so easy and i know i'll be really happy when i develop those roles so for that trip it was the right
2: it was the right camera that's a really good tip
0: all right well my next question is about expired film i love expired film Really, really, really love it. So I want to find out why do you shoot expired film? And for any of our listeners who might not know how to do it, how do you shoot expired film?
3: I also love, love, love expired film. Um, my my first, like, dance with expired film was I used to work um, in a – marketing department that had a full-time photographer on staff and he shot film for you know he'd worked there for 20 years so he shot film for a bunch of his bunch of that time had had since switched to digital and um i saw his he had a little film like a little fridge in his office and i said oh what's in there and he showed me had all his old film in there and he said do you want it i don't want it and i don't use it anymore but I wasn't shooting film. So I took a bunch of it and just kept it at home for years, literally years. Um, And then when I started shooting film, I was like, Hey, I have all this old film, but to me, it was just like the film I had. So it was the first film I was going to start using. Um, But anyway, I just shot some of those roles, loved it. And then have since, I don't know. Just try to get as much as I can. It's so much harder now. But when mm-hmm. I first got back into film, it was not as hard, and there was people giving away film uh, or selling film really cheap. And I don't. The thing I love about it is <laughs> this. Sort of sounds silly, but like it's sort of like a time travel machine for me, because I feel like I've got this film that has a date stamped on the box. And so the whatever the date is, I think, oh my God, what was happening back then? Like I just got some expired film that expired the month and year that my sister was born. Oh, wow. And I think, I'm like, that's so cool. So now I want to do like a portrait project or something with her using that film. Because I just think that film has been around since, or that was around before, but that film's expiry date was the month she was born like that's so cool wow um so i just i love it for that it sort of takes me back to like thinking where you know what was happening when that film was around and yeah expired film just has super cool look i don't always have good results like film that has not been well stored especially kodak color film is really wonky sometimes Um, and so I choose when I'm going to shoot it. If it's something really important that I don't want to mess up, then I make sure that's not my only film that I'm shooting. Um, but I actually don't. So your question about how do I shoot it? I don't make that many adjustments. If it's high ISO color film, like I have some expired portrait 800. Oh, wow. I will adjust, I will shoot that at like one or 200. Um, Otherwise, black and white, I shoot box speed. If it's low ISO color, like one or 200, I usually just shoot that at box speed. Sometimes I'm shooting in cameras. Like I've shot a few rolls in my grandparents' old brownie. So you can't adjust anything. You just have to go with it. And they've come out beautifully. And I just make sure I'm, I'm giving it the best light, like really bright light. Um, and yeah, I find black and white expired films super, super forgiving. Um, I found expired medium format seems to do better in my opinion, but maybe it's just the stuff I have. Um, I did get a big lot of expired film last year from a photographer who kept everything cold stored. And everything I've shot from that has been really great and so it does make a difference and so if you're buying stuff and you're not sure where where it's been stored just keep that in mind but I think if it's black and white it's still probably okay um yeah so I I just I have a lot of it in my fridge I know it's not getting any better by sitting there but
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's aging better though right like aged wine
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's really not, and yet I still have a hard time shooting it. And Now I have a hard time, like, throwing out the cool packaging. I can't throw that out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it seems like the packaging back then, like, I love the code of color VRGs and stuff like that uh, from the, the 80s, and for me, I think it's a little bit of nostalgia because, you know, myself born in the 70s came of, you know, early childhood in the 80s and then into my teens in the 90s it's it's very emblematic of my own childhood you know i see those colors on the on the cartons and i see the colors of the 80s you know (laughs) so yeah uh, what's the oldest uh uh film that at least that you could tell what's the oldest film that you've ever shot
3: um the oldest film i've ever shot and i know its origin story which is really cool is a role of i think it was 1968 um Uh tri-x And um, my like an old boss of mine was a photographer. Um, at, he used to be a writer and photographer for a community newspaper here in Ontario. And he remembers when they were um, so this is would have been in the mid to late sixties. And he they would ro- they would um, bulk roll their own um, black and white films in the whatever in their newsroom before they went out to shoot. And he still had some of these roles and, and labeled them because that's, that's exactly who he was. He would label everything. He would always, he remembered everything. So he gave them to me. They hadn't been cold stored, but they'd been stored probably in, you know, in the dark in the basement or something. Um, so yeah, I shot one of them and it came out. It was grainy but it came out and it was so cool. And he had given me also his one of his camera bodies from those reporter days. And so I shot that roll of film on the camera body that he'd given me, which he used to use at the same time. So that was really cool. So that's the power of film that, you know, 1968, not cold stored, hand, you know, bulk rolled back then. still
0: that's awesome (laughs) you know it's kind of funny um with expired film versus fresh film like there's a certain expectation that fresh film is going to have a certain look um you know depending on the 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 stock and then with expired film it's almost the reverse is true there's a certain expectation that it's gonna have a funky look and uh, that's i think for me one of the reasons i love expired film is it is so variable how it turns out like you said, depending on how it's stored. And I like how you said that there's a, it's almost like a time capsule because not only did that film come from a certain vintage, which you can kind of see where you were at in in your life. But when you shoot that film, the, the pictures themselves have an almost vintage look, even if it's a, you know, something very modern, like, you know, shooting a picture of an iPad or something like that. It looks vintage because of just the character of the, the emulsion over time, you know?
3: Yeah. (laughs) yeah
0: cool cool thank you so much well suzanne what's your next question
1: um i was going to circle back to something we talked about after my first question so you mentioned how your instagram is like all the different cameras and black and white color and everything which i actually noticed and really liked and as i was going through so one thing i really want to compliment you on is as i was looking through your instagram Yours is the one that I literally wanted to stop at every picture. It wasn't like, oh, let me see what she's got. No, it was, I wanted to stop and look and be like, I really took in each photograph. So I think you're definitely succeeding in what you wanted to do with your photography. Um, But I did notice that, like, I I usually do just like it, especially if I like a photo, I'm like, oh, what, oh, That's that, that's that. And I was noticing you did shoot with a lot of different films, different styles of cameras. And I'm wondering if you have a favorite or if you just like just trying all the different things out.
3: I like having, I like trying them out, but I I don't try them out all the time. So I kind of, what I notice with myself is I go through waves of, I'll have like three or four favorite cameras. And... And then just want to shoot those all the time. And I'm trying not to beat myself up to just let the other ones sit for a while. Because I know they'll have their time. And I'll want to put the ones I'm using right now, you know, give them a break and, and go on to something else. Um, so I will say, like, the ones that I always shoot that never get a break are my Instax. Mm-hmm. I love my Instax Neo 90. It's my favorite camera people give instax a bad rap but i am here to prove that you can do amazing things with instax
1: you definitely can
3: <laughs> i love it. i love it so much and i actually shot quite a bit of polaroid on our trip to chicago and that is also super fun but it's so much more expensive and so much more unreliable and so i don't want to experiment as much i don't i, and I will experiment with instax all the time and so i love that yeah. Um, and then the other one is my Rebel, which I mentioned, like the, okay. just the cheap Canon Rebel cameras. I have three different bodies just in case something happens to one of them. Um, so I love those. Right now, I would say I'm fully into medium format. Like I'm not really wanting to do 35. I don't know why. I think it's, again, it's like the volume of photos I don't want to deal with or something. I like the small amount that you get from, you know, 15 or 12 shots. Um, So one of my favorites right now, I'm holding it up, which of course listeners can't see, but it's this Fuji GS645.
1: Okay. Um,
3: I have this and the GA, and I like them because they are in portrait orientation. So you have to turn it sideways to get landscape. Whereas normally- Like my half frame. <laughs> exactly. So it's like a half frame, but um, okay. yeah. So it, it's like, a, you have to really remember that. And I find I shoot differently and I frame things differently. And I thought maybe I would end up turning the camera sideways because I'm, I often shoot landscape, but I yeah. don't. I keep it in portrait almost the whole time. And so you get very different images
1: from that. Um, are those mechanical cameras, or are they uh, on, like have more automated features?
3: So the GA is fully auto. The GS, okay. which I just showed you, is yes. um, so it has a light meter in okay. it, but okay. otherwise it's fully manual. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm loving that, and then I'm loving my Polaroid Land. So the, with the old Peel Apart film. Yes.
1: Um, you still have some. Good for you.
3: <laughs> yeah. So you I, have only got, I, mean, I only got some in the last year. And it, I'm quite certain it will be the only supply
1: I ever have.
0: Oh. Um,
1: yeah. It's just so much money. I'm so sad. I know. I love it so much. But it's okay.
3: I'm trying to just embrace the amount I have and yes. not be afraid to shoot it and yeah so I, I'm loving that and I'm also realizing like I'm not going to shoot it probably much in the winter so yeah. try to enjoy the summer warm months now um, right. and then yeah the other one that I'm loving is my grandparents old brownie oh yeah, so, yeah it's first of all got a massive negative like it's six by nine I don't oh. have any six by nine cameras.
1: I didn't know that.
3: That's like the cheap, the cheap uh, six by nine camera is your the old brownie. Brownie. <laughs> and, um, so I just have to. It takes six twenty film though, so I have to oh, cool. plan okay. a little bit for that. Um, I have shot two rolls. I think I have one more, and I know I can buy some. Um, but that's been really fun and super freeing. Can't there's no settings, at all. There's oh, no very cool there's nothing so i just try to focus on getting my horizon straight because i like to scan a big negative like that with the borders and um yeah it's fun and you only get eight shots i think on that. oh okay so those That's- are my favorites right now but they'll change and i think i shoot different cameras in, in colder months versus warmer months and if we go on vacation versus just every day
1: um yeah. I do love a lot of your instacks. That was one thing I wanted to sort of talk to you about. So one that I'm looking for really quickly here, I think it's you photographing into is it a phone? It's a reflection and your feet are in it? Oh my gosh, that one the half half body of do you have a son jumping into the water? Yeah. Yeah. Kay. That's so yeah, yeah, that one. I mean the the multi the colorful is it a, i don't know if it's a self-portrait or it's like part pink part yellow i'm just yeah. these are do, do you um so i have an instax mini but i kind of heisted it from my daughter but it's not i can't turn off the flash. maybe i can turn off the flash i can't remember does yours have like a is there something different about the neo or is yeah. it just still basically point and shoot and... no
3: the neo has a lot of settings which is why i love it so much
1: so, okay
3: It has, um, so it has double exposure, um, setting, which is amazing. You can turn the flash on or off. You can do macro. So macro, and it actually works like you can do macro for a portrait or a self-portrait and it actually, you know, does better focusing. Okay. It has other modes like landscape, sports, I don't know, that kind of thing. I don't, I don't use those too much, but, um, Double exposure and macro and the ability to control the flash are huge.
1: That is huge. Yeah. You're going to make me want to now, like, I was like, no more buying camera, Suzanne. And now I'm like, oh, that sounds so cool. Though, Cause I also love, I, I am a big Polaroid lover and I love the unpredictability of it, but I also, I have an insect wide. And then I also have the Diana, which shoots insects square. Right. And so I, I love the look of the Instax film. It, it's just different, you know. But I'm it's gonna just have to check out this Neo. Yeah, yeah. I've convinced. <laughs> I've
3: convinced more than one person to buy that camera. After I, I'm feeling like I'm gonna be researching
1: that this afternoon.
3: <laughs> yeah, I just wish more of the Instax cameras had more features, because I think. Yeah. Like I don't think there's an Instax Wide that's made by Instax anyway that has features like that and i would be very interested in in that camera yeah. if it existed but yeah mine's uh, very
1: point ish i mean i can either i think the only thing i can control is i can turn the flash off i think and then it's like distance for focus so either right. you're closer or you're you know but it's that's about it but it is nice to yeah. have a little bit bigger neck a little bit bigger photo at the end yeah
3: yeah i love my instax so much. I would buy that camera
1: over and over again if there's no. I, I love like Instax so much too. Oh, I just found it. Yeah, it's such a cool picture. Yeah.
3: A, I may or may not have Instax film as a subscribe on Amazon so that it just shows up all the time. You
1: are so
0: smart. You may, so or may, smart. <laughs> may or
1: may not. May or may not. I
0: can neither confirm nor <laughs> deny.
1: Is that, is that a phone that you were taking the picture into? No, so it's a little mirror. It's like oh. a mirror
3: that you hang on the wall, and oh. it, I just ordered it, and it just showed up. And so I was, I had it on the glass table. Yes. Okay. You could see through the table, but you, but the, um, but the mirror was reflecting up at me, and so I was looking through that. Yeah, it was I really cool.
1: It. Absolutely love it. Very yeah. cool. Thank you for that excellent answer and making me oh, more. Yeah
0: jealousy <laughs> <laughs> I know right Yes right. I am <laughs> All right Well Julie what's your next question
2: Well I was going to ask you about how you were doing double exposures and things on on an Instax but you just answered that My my daughter has an Instax Mini and she loves it but it does I see pictures and like how did you do that because hers has no options, so I just wrote down Instax Neo to check that out. But so I'll just skip to a different question. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you about your professional work. Now I don't know if photography is is your primary, you know, income generating work, but I, you know, I went on your website where you have different types of portrait sessions that you can book. Um, you know Suzanne also does similar work. I was wondering when you're doing that, do you use digital or are you using film? And also, do you use any like do you bring lighting stuff or reflectors, or is it all just natural light that's available?
3: So I'll answer uh, the first part of your question, which is photography is not my primary um career so i actually work in corporate communications and have for um almost 20 years now so um and so that's my i guess quote unquote day job uh i do get the opportunity to work with photographers a lot of the time sometimes you know people find out what i do oh can you photograph this event at work and whatever so i do some of that Um, But I do do some client work on the side and um, or sort of a side side gig and primarily family sessions. Um, But I do mostly actually I do all natural light. So I and I shoot almost I would say 90 percent of it is on digital. So I switched a few years ago to Fuji. So I shoot with a Fuji X-T3 and feels a lot like a film camera which i love um i shot canon for years and loved it too but it it was big and heavy and um i'd sort of been thinking about switching to fuji and so i love my fuji camera uh when i use it (laughs) it's just all that often but i use that when i do client work but i will say that i've started when i do sessions to bring a film camera as well and it's a mix of not because the, the client is asking for it. It's more to see how do I shoot film on a client? Like when I'm with a client and then do I like the images at the end? And for, if I'm out with a family, just sort of, you know, we're walking around and shooting that kind of vibe, like we're at a park or we're around their house. I don't love it as much where I do, where I have loved it a lot is I've done some newborn sessions, like very newborn, like the baby was born within the last six hours sessions. Like, and I go to the hospital and I've shot film there and I love it so much. Just the, I've shot black and white. Um, just the way the light in hospital rooms, which is actually terrible, but the way it is on black and white, With there's often like a big window, and that's the only source of natural light. And then there's other weird ambient light on. And I just loved those photos so much because they kind of evoke like the quietness that is that those early few hours with your baby. And yeah, I've done it for my sister, and then I've also done it for two clients. And those pictures, the ones I shot on film, were the favorites of all of them. So I'm like, maybe there's something there.
2: (laughs) Well, I think I would. Your website, the film ones you're talking about, the the samples, because you have some babies like in the little um, hospital.
3: Yeah, I don't know, Julie. I feel like my website is not updated with those pictures, but it should be. I've actually been thinking in the last couple of weeks, I need to do the thing they always say you should do, which is put the work that you want to be hired for on your website. And cause I love those sessions too. Like that kind of photography is what really makes me happy. And it's, I think it's because I get to just sort of drift into the background. They're very, the new parents are very preoccupied as you can imagine. And, and I'm not there for very long and everyone is, I don't know. It's just a very, in my experience so far, it's been very like peaceful and, um, yeah, beautiful scenes to photograph. So I think I would if I had to pick doing sessions moving forward, it would be those kinds of sessions. Um I really gravitate to them.
2: So. Well, I love those pick those baby pictures. I looked at them for a long time. I was like, I wish I had baby pictures like that from when my baby when my daughter was born. Like they're if you look up I'm assuming this is not just my experience, but if you look up like newborn pictures, often what you see are like these very beautiful sleeping babies wrapped in cocoons and stuff and like posed on top of beautiful parents or beautiful sets. And I'm just like, that is not real. And... I always, I always still say my daughter was born like a stick baby with colic and she screamed for a year. And so I've always made the joke, like, I'm going to sue the hospital for propaganda. Like, they have those posters <laughs> of these fat, happy babies and the parents are, always look lovely and everybody's just joyful. And I'm like, or you could get a stick baby that screams. Mm-hmm. It's just sick. So your, your pictures don't look like sick stick babies. I don't mean that. <laughs> they're real like yeah. it they embody like the real thing like a new baby and what that's like at the hospital and there's one you have with just the little feet in the the little see-through hospital bed I don't know what yeah. it's called with the little feet and you're looking at the feet and they're beautiful I I think those website pictures are really good thank you especially also you have one of snuffleupagus Yes. Again, I think it's in a bathroom, like in a basket. And yeah. I was like, I want that picture, and I'm going to put it in my bathroom. <laughs> it's, just, it's a really great picture. It's so cute. He looks alive, but that's part two. What I was saying that your pictures look like, to me, like you're watching a movie, and you just hit pause, and that's what's what's there. Yeah.
3: Thank you. I mean, that means a lot. I think what I like about the hospital setting, too, is if I go to somebody's house, they probably cleaned up or tidied up, you know, and put things in order. Not always. And I love it when they haven't, because to me, that's, that's the kind of stuff I want to capture. Um, and at the hospital, you can't tidy up. That's, there's just stuff everywhere. And there's, you know, wires everywhere or weird lights dangling down or, um, you you know, the overnight bag that you've brought that's like half open on the the chair. And so you capture all that. And I I like that because I don't actually know how to work in a perfectly pristine environment. I don't I feel like my imagination is not, I don't know, developed to make that scene come alive. Like I want the mess and the real life to be a part of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I think you should definitely do that and quit your day job. That's just my – <laughs> do the big stuff. <laughs> Noted. <All right>. Noted. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: well, uh, Jessica, uh, I'm going to go to my last question, and then we'll leave it up to Suzanne and Julie if they have any more uh, after this one. But the, the very reason I wanted to have you on the podcast um, was uh, – you you put on on Instagram something of, uh, quite a few months ago, but something that was intriguing to me. And in it, you had a picture with all sorts of colors, and it was double exposed, of course. And I was like, wow, that is so cool. And you happened to tag me, so I was I was appreciated that. And then I looked more into it, and it was about exposing both sides of the film, and that's something I had never done before, uh, <laughs> never even heard of it. And so, first of all, awesome awesome job. (laughs) Yeah. So I have a a couple of questions about that. First of all, uh, what is it about exposing both sides that you like?
3: Um, I mean, I think it's another, I'm really loving double exposures. And so it's another way to have a double exposure. Yeah. Um, and I liked, I really like the unpredictability of it. So when you're doing a true double exposure, you take the picture back to back, each of the photos back to back, so you plan it. So you know that you want you know, one image to be the first one and you want the second image to be the second. You don't always know how it's gonna turn out, but you are planning it. When you're exposing both sides of the film, at least the way I do it, I don't pay attention to what shots I take the first time I'm going through. And then when I flip it over to shoot the other side, I just have, you have no idea how they're going to line up. Mm. And so, yeah, it was, I think it's that, that I really loved. And then some of the examples that I'd seen, um, cause I think Mario, you were, yeah, you started to explore it a little bit right yeah. after that. And, and right after you saw that, and I just love what people get. They're wildly different. Mm-hmm. Um, the colors people get are wildly different. And, yeah, I just wanted to try it. And so I haven't done too many of them. Um, there's something about cutting the film and re-rolling it that sometimes scares me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the... So the photo that you're talking about, the whole roll I took was like that. And one of my favorite double exposure techniques is to use like YouTube videos as as the overlay. So I will often so I've done this many times. So I have shot like a roll of UltraMax and I'll find a YouTube video or a couple of YouTube videos of just like swirling colors or um lines or neon or something. And I'll put so I'll put the that video on my computer screen and intentionally blur the focus so i'm not trying to get the image in focus and i'll just let the video run and i will shoot a whole roll of that ultramax through and then i will rewind it and then i'll go and use that um, to just shoot like whatever my life oh. um, and so, and I love doing that. And so, for the that exposing both sides of the film role that you're talking about, I uh-huh. shot. I think I shot um, the 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 normal side as a whole bunch of different YouTube videos. So I did some, but I wanted ones to be really sharp. I didn't want just like vague swirling colors. So I shot like really really obvious stars or neon lines or um yeah just things that were more obvious um and really pronounced and then then I shot you know I think a lot of pictures of my son we went for a walk mm-hmm. and that was on the other side so the like the red side of the roll. Okay. and they came out just wild <laughs> um And I think exposing the really colorful, like the normal side um, with those YouTube videos that had a lot of color in it made, just made the whole role pop. Um, I don't know what it would have looked like if I'd done the other way around. Uh,
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you did like the the red scale side. with If I did
3: the red scale as those as the like as the YouTube video, I don't know if it would have worked as as much um i love the way it turned out so i want to do more but i love that technique like i'll do that even with instax photos so suzanne i will take my like i'll be out and i'll have that swirling color youtube video like i have it saved on my phone okay bring it up on my phone and shoot the first double exposure image as that swirling video and then i'll just take whatever video or whatever picture I'm taking so I can
1: like do it on the fly. It's fun. That is so smart. Is the one of your, daughter do- one of my favorite pictures, I have a lot of favorites, but the one of your daughter on the beach and your caption is she's the actual best, but she's kind of walking along. It's got such, I'm wondering if that was one of those roles.
3: Oh, she's like posing kind of. Like yeah. She's,
1: she's doing- like, yeah, yeah. Super yeah. cute. But is it? Cause I noticed the color shift and it didn't say, it just said Ultra Max love. Yeah, so that,
3: yes, that whole roll was what was exactly
1: that, that. Yeah, that's, I didn't, I didn't know that ahead of time. That's really cool. That's one of my favorite pictures. It's so great.
3: <laughs> yeah, so that's, I love that technique, and it's, um, I don't know, it's just a fun twist on double yes. exposure, exposing both sides, and it doesn't, sometimes I think when you're trying to do a double exposure of two images, you can really get it wrong, <laughs> and the images <laughs> don't line really? up, and I find it's I don't know the the user error doing it the way that I like to do it is less because it's more just you're adding like shapes or colors okay. as the, as the other image as opposed to a full second image. Um,
1: yeah. You sorry I'm not trying to take over Mario's question here, That's but okay. um, oh wow I just lost it. Oh no so if you go back and you re roll respool it for the red scale side which you're going to shoot your actual image. That you want yeah. do you change your exposure from or change your setting like if it's a 400 speed film do you change it to how do you compensate for that
3: i think i did but i don't remember do you remember mario i think you're supposed to compensate
0: well, i don't uh, know if there's a supposed to in film but <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, i think
1: you are like a stop or two
3: yeah
0: okay
1: yeah so overexposed or yeah. underexpose? no overexpose. Over because it's is that
3: right? I think yeah, so. I'm t- Typically I'm that's myself. what
0: they do is yeah. they over overexposing by one or two stops okay. um when you're shooting the red red scale part. But okay, yeah. but even but so you don't I mean obviously just, you don't have to. No,
1: I was just curious because <laughs> I love your I love how you got it, so I was like, Oh, I wanna try that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um but the one that you're referencing with my daughter, that's just a that's just a straight, that's not exposing both sides. That's only exposing the one side okay but i exposed it two times so like i shot the whole roll okay and then, and then i rewound it back into the canister and shot it again
1: got it so you but your first time through was like the youtube swirly twirly yeah. color thing and then you shot. okay got it so you can yeah. do that so i didn't even think duh. yeah okay yeah. awesome
0: cool well you know the the first image that i saw um I, let's see when was it i can't remember uh when it was april 10th on your instagram feed um it was it was just so captivating because it, you can clearly see i think it's your daughter hanging from a, a branch of a tree you know she's ha- holding on or something like that but then there's also like you said these neon lights and then also um what look like the uh what do they call those the the lights that appear above swamps they you know old folklore talks about them the uh oh i can't remember the name but it's people have seen these you know misty sort of lights that appear above swamps in the woods or whatever um i wish i could remember but it looks a lot like that and it just i don't know it just looked like a a kind of a picture that i i couldn't even imagine imagine how you got it so now you've kind of unveiled it and that's that's awesome that's awesome and you you. don't
3: know how they're going to line up which i think is i loved because when that role came out there's you can really clearly see some of the images you know the 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 youtube video side it's like half is one, half one frame and half of another frame lined up mm. together so um but it works
0: it just exactly yeah it's cool yeah i did uh after you uh, uh had that on your instagram feed i i tried it with two different roles one with lomo f- 400 cn i think and one with portra and uh the one with the Lomo was it was an interesting interesting the way it turned out i shot a picture of our uh horse shed just to shoot a a picture of it i guess and i I was i think i was trying to finish up the role but on the other side of it i had a picture of my daughter and for some reason exposing both sides turned my daughter's skin very deep blue (laughs) (laughs) which was a weird thing but i loved it i absolutely loved it and then the second one um i I think i i took a picture of a it was like monkey bars at a playground and i just kind of took a picture of them lined up it was kind of a sequence of of shapes and i liked it and then the next on the other side happened to be a picture of Of Julie with a sword behind her back or holding a sword or something like that and it just so happened to look like the sword was going through the monkey bars and it was just the coolest thing (laughs) so now as far as uh, exposing both sides do you have do you have a particular method of like how like I'm, I'm thinking more in terms of of lining up the images or does, is that a, a, a concern to you at all? So I
3: know people who will like make markings on their film before what? cutting and so that they will work harder than I do <laughs> to line them up. Um, so I haven't explored that. I think because I've been really happy with how my first experiments with it have turned out. And I don't really mind that they're not lining up exactly correctly, but yeah, I know that um, my friend Amy will does this method a lot and she will, you know, when she's finished the roll, she makes a mark where it's supposed to be re-rolled onto like onto the camera. I don't know. Yeah. She's like making note of that stuff. And then okay. hers do line up. It's in um, hers, I think was in a manual camera, whereas I did these in my Canon rebel once again. Oh, nice. Um, and so the, that's just like auto auto winding it in. So there's I don't know if there's anything I could even do with a with an auto wind camera like that. I think oh, if I okay. wanted to line it up, I'd probably have to use an all uh, mechanical camera.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 Well, it's it's really interesting to see the frame lines because you do get like a full image and then overlaying. Uh, two images not really overlaying but side by side yeah almost like a diptych within a full picture you know yeah that's true yeah <laughs> it's a it's a fa- fascinating I, I, process
2: what if you with your 360 camera if you do a roll pulling them so you have those super long ones and then red scale it yes and then oh. through then you would have no frame you'd only have a couple frame lines on the one side Right.
3: My head is exploding.
2: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can just snap away and only a couple will have frame lines that will conflict.
3: Yeah, I could totally oh. do that. It's the, and it's, yeah. The whole roll of film only takes like <laughs> six shots or something. So.
1: <laughs> oh man.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm totally going to try that. That's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Uh, that, I learned a lot. And it's, again, a real fascinating process. And for me, you're the instigator. So thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, Mario.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Suzanne, what's your next question?
1: I think I actually got all mine answered. Okay. Although I could probably sit here and chit-chat all day. I'm not going to lie. It's
2: (laughs) very fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Julie, do you have any more questions?
2: I was wondering, do your kids take pictures too? Do they have instax or other cameras that they like to mess with because they see you doing it all the time they come and go so they come in and
3: out of it um my daughter has uh she has an instax she has a digital point and shoot she recently asked for one of my film cameras to use and then blew through an entire role in less than 10 minutes. And I was like, okay, we're going to have to talk about how this works. <laughs> um, and, but that's okay. Cause her photos were very reminiscent of the photos I took when I was 12 and 13. So, nice. um, so they come and go. Um, and I just leave it at that. I don't push it. Um, and I think where it's sometimes fun is like if we go on vacation and, and there's a pool, I'll bring an underwater camera, film camera, and so they'll, they'll play with it there. Um, and I don't know, I you know, they're always my subjects, so they're all always involved. Or I'm always asking them to sometimes take photos that I'm in. So they do get involved that way.
0: <laughs> That's cool. Yeah.
2: My daughter yeah. comes and goes too, and yeah. she often will carry a camera when we go for a walk and she'll never use it. And so one time we were hiking and she insisted that Mario load her camera. She's gonna bring it and she carried it all the way up. And then we turned to go back after we've seen the view. And I was like, are you gonna take a picture? You carried it all the way here. And she goes, no, it's not that kind of a hike for me. (laughs) I was like, what does that mean? And she said, you know, Mom, how some pictures are just meant to be taken with your brain camera? And I was like, okay. Just, this kind of a hike, it's just more of a brain eye camera kind of a thing. There's nothing here that I want to take with a camera camera. And she heads back down. And I was like, okay. it's not. That <laughs> maybe, <gonna> she, <laughs> maybe she's wiser than all of us.
1: Right? <laughs> maybe. It
2: just yeah. me up. Like, she was so clear. And she looked at me like, you know this. I didn't know that, but now (laughs) thank you for letting me know that
3: brain camera. Get that one out often. Yeah,
0: that's true. Well, uh, Jessica, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been illuminating and uh, very enjoyable.
3: Thank you so much. I really am a fan of all of your work and this has really been super fun chat. So I'm sorry that I've, put more camera
2: ideas in your minds <laughs> <laughs> i'm not
0: sorry <laughs> isn't that what it's all about you know yeah. yes
2: it is. I, I have a... to see your spinner pictures though
0: yeah yeah oh don't worry i'll be sharing
3: those
0: um do you one quick question i, I was going to ask it earlier on do you still have that pentax that you i, the, the I sure time? do nice
3: I sure do and actually it had a bit of a shutter problem last year so i got it fixed because i i always want to be able to use it and yeah. um yeah it's great he kept good my grandfather kept good care of his of his stuff so it nice. is yeah
0: still on my shelf nice i love spotmatics all right well before we end the podcast i want to get everybody's socials so we'll start with you jessica where uh, where can people find your work
3: sure the best two places are probably instagram i'm at jess cause photo or my website which is jessicacosmacphotography.com
0: sounds great and uh suzanne where can people find your work
1: best place is instagram and i'm b.roll.backup and everything else is linked through a little bio site
0: awesome julie how about you
2: I'm on Instagram, JP Shoebox Walk, or on Flickr with my name, Julian Piper.
0: Sounds great. And you can find me on Instagram at Mario Piper, all one word, or on Flickr, one of my favorite places, Mario Space Piper. So thank you again, Jessica. Thank you, uh, Julian, Suzanne. And for all the listeners out there, thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast. And as always, keep those analog vibes alive.